This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Well, this morning we're going to continue our series in Philippians, and this is our second week in the series. And we have a series that we've started called Encouraged, and we're looking at the book of Philippians. And you know what makes this uh, book so exciting is to understand where it was written and why it was written and who wrote it. You know, it's just not a normal book. It's not like some guy sitting on the beach somewhere just penning some kind of encouraging thoughts. This is written by a guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul, and he's in prison. And when you read some of the comments and the thoughts that he has for you and me, it should inspire you. It should encourage you. Your life is probably not as bad as his. Anybody in prison here today? Come on. So it's not as bad as his. And when I read this book, I'm just, I'm inspired. It's actually one of my favorite books of the Bible because we're, we're, we're listening to a guy that's in prison that's writing these faith statements and these proclamations and these declarations that get our ear, that, that help us in trying and troubling times. And when you look at this book, it was, um, it was written to a group called the Philippians, a church in Philippi. And in about AD 49, there was uh, a couple ladies that uh, got together and wanted to have a Bible study. Paul was on his second missionary journey, and he came in contact with these ladies, and they decided that they were going to start this thing called a local church. And uh, they would stay there for a while. Timothy was with him. And about 13 years later, the church is thriving. And you find in about 62 AD, and there's some discrepancy and there's some debate on whether Paul was sitting in Rome or Ephesus or where he was actually in prison. The reality is, is that he is in a prison somewhere. And here he is 13 years later, writing to a bunch of people in a, uh, an urban center, kind of a lot like America to a certain extent, with a lot of commerce and a lot of different religions and tensions and political issues going on. And so he decides from his cell to write these thoughts to help them in their circumstances. And ultimately, where we get the title of the series, Encouraged, he's wanting to encourage them. And we felt it would be appropriate to dive into this book, look at some scriptures to help you wherever you're at, whatever you're facing, to let you know that God's in control and he's on your side, that he loves you, he cares for you. Again, we all face trials. I always say the definition of Christianity is you get beat up and get to go to heaven. But the reality is, is we all go through stuff. None of us are promised a rose garden. We, we all have challenges and trials and setbacks and things that come our way. And when I look at this book, what encourages me is Paul's attitude and his perspective. Again, keep in mind he's sitting in a cell and he's writing to us some thoughts that will help us. And I want to just stop this morning. I want to ask a question to just be real honest, if we could just be family for a moment. Come on, how many of you here today, you're sitting here and saying, you know, I have some unusual pressures in my life. Just, just wave at me, come on. There's, there's quite, look, look, wait, keep, keep your hands up and turn around and look around. This isn't like three, this is like 80% of the room. I mean, how many people here actually, 
you might find yourself at times discouraged. There's some pressures that are upon you, and maybe you feel that you've had a setback or a disappointment, and maybe life went a way that you didn't want it to go. Maybe someone did something to you. You're disappointed in some way. This book is for you. This series is for you. This is who Paul's talking to. He's talking to some people that are facing some immense pressures, and he's saying, I want to encourage you with some thoughts to help you do life a little bit better. And we're, we're looking at this word encouraged, and there's, there's this big idea that I want you to get this morning. And if you get one thing out of this series, the couple of weeks that we have together, the four weeks, is to just recognize this is actually what this Bible word means and what God wants to do with you, is that he wants to touch you. And literally, encourage means that, he, that, that we're to be touched by God deep in our soul, where God goes into your mind and into your will and into your emotions. He comes down and he touches the inner core, the private part, the secret part, the, the, the part that you call you. He wants to go deep into that part and he wants to touch you and he wants to impart courage. The word encourage is to give you something, to encourage you, not take away, discourage, to take away courage. He wants to impart, he wants to encourage you and the way he does that is he gives you a new perspective on your problem, on your challenge. It doesn't mean he's gonna take it away, but he'll definitely give you a new perspective of where you're living and what you're facing. It's changing your attitude. And maybe your circumstances, your challenge has caused you to be a little bit worryful or being a little bit discouraged or depressed or maybe you have an attitude towards God or a critical spirit or maybe you're just kind of in a place of apathy or complacency saying, what's the use if this is the way life's gonna be? This is where God comes in and he, he touches that part of you. He says, no, I'm gonna give you, like Paul, a right attitude. He's going to give you a new perspective. He's going to, he's going to come and he's going to uh, motivate you to, to enjoy life and to live life in an abundant way. And this is the word I want to play off uh, for this morning. He wants to give you strength to rise above your pressure and your circumstance. Whatever it is, I want, you to, I want you to personalize this this morning. You raised your hand saying, I'm facing this pressure. This is my heart, this is my prayer for you this morning, that you could put it right in front of you and saying, today, I'm stepping over it. I'm gonna step through it. I'm gonna step around it. Whatever it is that's facing me today, I'm praying God will give me a new attitude. He'll give me a new perspective. He'll give me fresh strength that I can stand up and go, I can do this. I can do this. You have your best days yet in front of you. I believe that God wants to speak to you this morning. I want to look at this scripture. And again, we've been looking at key scriptures throughout the book of Philippians. The one we're going to look at today is taken out of Philippians 4.13. It's actually my life scripture. I love this scripture. And oftentimes we misquote this, actually thinking that God will give you strength to do whatever you want. It isn't the context of it. He'll give you strength despite what you want to do and despite what you're facing. And he wants to give you strength in your adversity, not necessarily promising you that he's going to take away your adversity. Keep in mind, Paul is writing in prison. 
He's sitting in prison. He's eating prison food. He's sleeping on a rock. He's hanging around a bunch of scrubby inmates. And this is where he writes the scripture. Listen to what it says. I like the way that this starts, this translation. It says, I'm strong. Really? Prison? Strong? He says, yeah, I am strong for all things are in the one, and I love this part, who constantly infuses me with strength. In your prison cell, in your marriage breakup, in the cancer situation that you're facing, in the loss of your job, in the conflict with a brother or a sister, with your challenge at your job, whatever it is, he's saying he constantly infuses you with strength right there, your prison, your chains, your situation. He comes constantly to give you strength in the moment, whatever you're facing. Someone should say amen. (laughs) I love this. Here's another translation, the ESV. It says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And the message paraphrase says it this way. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I love that. And when you look at this word strength, again, we we misinterpret this word that he gives me strength. It's, It's not something that you bring to yourself. This word strength, it's actually a Greek word in dunamo, and it comes from a family of words where you get the word dunamis or the word dynamite or power. And it's not something that you have. It's not your physical, natural power, but it's a supernatural power that only comes from him. It's something that God has that he desires to give you that you can't get any other way. And whatever you're facing or going through, he's saying, I'm going to deposit something in your life that will cause you to transcend above that you will be, that it will be impossible for you to accomplish on your own. It's this word and dunamo, what it means. And it means to be made strong by the infusion of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to come wherever you're at and whatever you're going through, and he wants to impart something to you to give you something to make it through the day that you're facing today. And this is what Paul's unlocking. He's trying to help us understand that, this one thought. Our strength doesn't come from ourselves. It doesn't come from beating on your chest and breathing in a brown paper bag. It doesn't come through some kind of positive faith confession or going to some self-help seminar. He's trying to help you say, listen, you can't exercise your way to it. You can't study your way to it. You can't will it on your life. It's something that comes from him. And it's not in what you do, but it's what he does in you that makes all the difference in the world. And so I want us to, as we, as we kind of inch into this morning, I want this to be our confession this morning. And I want you to think about this. Think again, what's, here, here's your challenge, here's your pressure, here's your disappointment. We've talked for a few minutes. I want you to just think about this. This is your, this is your proclamation to say this. 
I am encouraged because God is my strength. And he will enable me to overcome obstacles as I pursue great things. I might even take that little slide, take a picture of that, and I might even pray that every morning. I mean, did you just be able to say, no, God, I'm encouraged today. You're on my side today. God, you'll never leave or forsake me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. He's writing this from prison. It's important for us to grasp this. But as we look at this thought this morning, I think it's important for us to recognize something that we don't hear a lot in church today. Because we live in this get quick or a rich, get quick society, microwave society. We want everything here. We want it now. We don't want to have to work for it. We just want to win the lotto. But this is something that's a little bit different about the strength. Although God wants to give it to you, you have to activate it. You actually have to do something. I, I'm thankful that God comes and wants to give us grace and he gives it to us unconditionally. He gives us love unconditionally. There's certain things that we receive that we really don't have to work for. Strength isn't one of them. In the natural, when you think about your muscles, it's not like I can just sit here and just go, yeah, I, I want to look like Hulk Hogan. Boing, and there are my muscles. I mean, I can't do that. Now, I know I'm kind of built that way anyway, so I know you're thinking that, but, but there you weren't supposed to laugh there. You're supposed to go, that's true. You're saying that because it's true. You can see that, Pastor Mark. In order to actually make your muscle bigger in the natural, you've got to work it. You've got to do it. The same thing when it comes to spiritual strength. It's ironic that God brings this natural and spiritual parallel. Say, if you actually want to receive this thing called spiritual strength, you're going to have to work at it. It's a thing called spiritual disciplines. We don't like that word today. We don't like the word discipline. We, we just want liposuction. I mean, we just, I mean, forget like working out and eating better, man. Just hook me up to the machine and I'm better so I can go back to, to Twinkies and nachos, right? I mean, it's just, it's not that way. It, it, listen, if you want to be encouraged by supernatural strength, you've got to come to this place to say that, you know what? I'm going to start putting into my life some spiritual disciplines that will actually build the muscle that brings me supernatural strength. You don't get it any other way. Paul talks about that throughout the entire epistle. You see this. And when you look at a tree, you realize that the health of the tree that you see is determined by the roots that you don't see. It's what you don't see that determines the health. When you look at your life and you talk to people that are facing extraordinary, painful, horrific circumstances, the things that you see, but they're happy and they're full and they're full of faith, it's because of something they have activated that you don't see. It's called spiritual discipline. I want to mention something that, that um, you hear a lot around here. And I want to just pause for a little bit to talk about these four words that are foundational to us at City Bible Church. Our prayer 
is that every single one of you would embrace these four words, grow, commit, connect, and serve. When you go to our belong class, you learn about grow, commit, connect, and serve. When you take our connect group leaders orientation, we talk about grow, commit, connect, serve. Oftentimes you hear that and you go, ah, yeah, there they are. They're just kind of shouting out those four words again. Those words have profound impact. The reason we selected these words is because we actually believe if you as an individual personally activate these four things in your life, that you will begin to develop some disciplines that will give you supernatural strength. The pastor, one pastor said, amen, come on. (laughs) Here's what I'm saying. You got to work out. You got to go to the spiritual gym. When I talk about the word grow, really, it has to start with a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, where you wake up every morning and you start your day by saying, it's all about him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get fed. You go to the refrigerator to eat. Why not go to the Bible and eat? What you do in the natural, you need to do in the spiritual. Feed your soul, feed your spirit with the word of God and with prayer. I remember when I got saved back in 1982, and I looked at my life, and again, just a a very ugly, dark, vile, stupid life. There was this guy, his name was Mike Shreve, and all that he did every day, he'd call me up in the morning, and he'd want to make sure that I was praying, that I was reading my Bible. Every day without fault. Hey, did you read your Bible today? Hey, did you pray today? What did you pray about? He'd ask me these accountability questions. He'd say, hey, listen, did you, did, you, did you do devotions and did you spend time with your family and were you good in your finances and did you expose yourself to any kind of uncompromising situation? Did you hang out with someone of the opposite sex that you shouldn't have? I mean, did you update the mandate of your calling today or up, uh, you know, fulfill the, the mandate of your calling? And then he'd say, did you just lie to me on any of those questions? I go, well, let's just, you know. But, but it was inbred into me at a very young age. Here I was in just a very dark situation. What got me out of it was my time with the Lord. And even to this day, it's become a a fabric. I mean, I'm up at 445 this morning. I love getting up early and just spending time with him. I don't know how anybody does life without it. I I just realize it's about him. I want to grow. We want you to grow. To commit. We, we, when we talk about this idea of commit, we talk about belong. And Jason gets up real quick and says, hey, I want you to get involved. If you're not a member, you're not a part, it's not just because we want to give you some cute card. We actually believe that when you commit to something, you go all in. You give your life to it. You begin to be a part of it. And when you commit to a family, it's like a relationship. You can be dating and all of a sudden you say, okay, we're going to get married. Something happens when you move into a covenantal relationship that's different than just dating. It's the same thing between attending and belonging. There's something supernatural that happens in your life. When I think about connect in, in small groups and building relationships, it's again, we're busy people and we've got kids and programs and work. But listen, when your life falls apart, because it will, you're going to be glad you had some people around you to help you. Can't happen any other way other than spiritual disciplines. 
And then serving somewhere. Again, in our narcissistic society, we've got to come to this place where we realize I've got to do something regularly that gets my focus off myself. And what you find in your life is the more that you live life beyond yourself, the better you feel about yourself. Because it's not about you. It's about others. And so when we talk about spiritual disciplines, it comes to this place where we realize that we've got to do certain things like our muscle. If we want strength to, to, to be able to handle the pressures that are in front of us, we've got to be doing things beforehand so that when the pressure comes, we could still be strength, filled with strength and be encouraged. And I know when I think about this, again, a lot of people go, well, you know, why, why do we really have to do this? I mean, we ask the why question a lot. And, and I, I think one of our greatest challenges in our culture today is this, is our present desires blur us from receiving our future rewards. Look at our finances. We want to spend everything now. We forget that we might be shaking hands at Walmart when we're 80. Because we want to live in the now. We want to live right here and right now. I mean, when I think about food, listen, I love food, but I also like bathing suits. I actually want to live longer. And so I've got to do things now. I've got to pay now so that I can play later. I don't want to play now and pay later. It's the same thing when it comes to our spiritual disciplines. There's things that we have to have in our lives. Listen to what Paul says. He says this in a different scripture writing to Timothy. He says this. He says, workouts in the gymnasium are useful. So he's, he's, he's using kind of a, a symbolic thought here. He's not necessarily saying, oh, listen, I want to, I want to make sure that you're at 24-hour fitness. He's, he's trying to give you a parallel between the natural and the spiritual. He says, going to the gym in the natural, take care of your body, that's useful. Okay, we got that, to be able to work a little bit, move your muscles. He says, but a disciplined life in God is far more so. Spiritual, natural, spiritual. He says, a life of spiritual disciplines is far better and he goes on and he says this, making you fit. Okay, Paul's in prison. He's writing some thoughts and he's saying this, that when you get into your pressure situation, your sickness, the loss of your job, your challenge, whatever you're facing, when you get there, you'll be fit. Both today, right here and right now. And he goes, and forever. Saying that whatever you face, if you just, stay spiritually fit, he promises you that you'll be strong and you'll have strength. How many think that that's pretty encouraging? How many don't want to put in the work? Same hands, same hands, right? Come on. I get it, I get it. Here are some thoughts that I want you to look at here. When I think about why do I want to get up early and pray and read my Bible and attend church and be in belong and groups. And so I've got to ask myself the why question. I wrote, I wrote a few of them down. Here, here are five thoughts. Spiritual disciplines remove neglect 
and laziness that stand between me and spiritual growth. It's kind, it's kind of like just saying, I've got to stop eating the Twinkies in order to get in my bathing suit. This is what this is saying. I've got to get to this place that if I feel neglect or I feel lazy or I feel spiritually dull, the only way that I change that is by changing my behavior. How many, how many like Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi? Three of you, that's good. How about Coke Zero? I mean, we, we kind of say, man, that's good. Uh, we, we want all of the taste with none of the calories. And we kind of treat church or Christianity the same way. We want all of God, but none of the, none of the efforts. We want Christ zero. It's kind of like Coke zero, Christ zero. I mean, it's just like, wow, it tastes so good, but how come I'm still struggling? And how come I'm still feeling pressures? And how, because, how, how come I'm still discouraged in all those things? It's because there's nothing in the can. The reason why I have spiritual disciplines in my life is because I don't want to be neglectful and I don't want to be lazy. Here's another reason. Spiritual disciplines develop the right habits that produce right life-altering results. It's like working out. You hate to go to the gym you're, you're dragging yourself there to get to the gym, but afterwards you're going, yes, yes, yes. I can. You, you, you leave feeling so much better because you went. It's the same thing with spiritual disciplines. It begins to put right habits into your life. The way you think, your attitude, your perspective, your soul being filled. I've been doing this little program with a guy named Sean T. It's called T25, and I do it at home. It's a 25-minute, like this, workout insanity. And, and the whole thing that he says at the very beginning, you know, he says, do the program, get the results. It's just, it's real simple, you know. Just He says, I'm going to make you pay today, you know, just 25 minutes of insanity. You're going to be sweat, get to work, and you're just going, die, you know. But 25 minutes later, you're going, man, I'm starting to see results. It's the same thing. It will produce, if you pray, if you read, if you grow, commit, connect, serve, you'll find that it will produce right results in your life. Here's another one. Spiritual disciplines place you in God's hands, allowing him to have full control of your life to transform you. He can't fix you if he doesn't have all the pieces. And, and sometimes, again, it's, it's that time where you go before the Lord and you just kind of open up your heart and you place everything at his feet. He finally says, thank you. Now that you've given me everything, I can go to work. And so if you want your life trans, what, whatever area it is, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a relational struggle. Push it to his feet and let go and watch him transform the situation. He's a big God. He's been doing it a long time. He's pretty good at it. In fact, a lot better at your problem than you are. And he can fix that. Here's another one. Spiritual disciplines empower us to do what we can't do by human effort. 
I remember the day when, when Pastor Frank, him and I were alone, and he says, hey, um, I'm, gonna, I'm going to want to ask you about taking City Bible Church. I'm thinking, not me. I mean, I just think of this, this, this church, and you know, there's 300 employees. There's, there's lots of money and campuses and complications, and I think about our culture and some of the political and legal challenges that we're going to face, and 6,500 people. I'm going, I can't do this, but I know he can. And, and there's something about waking up every morning, facing your impossible situation, and to be able to simply put it at his feet. Say, God, if you don't show up, I'm staying right here. I say this all the time. I say, hey, listen, if God doesn't show up, I'm going to go have a salad. I mean, I really mean that, like this morning. I mean, that this isn't about me. I just kind of pray, God, okay, I'm going to do my best, but if people aren't touched, I, I just did my best. And it's such a, a relieving position as you go to work to face your impossible situation to just go, God, just put it at your feet. I'm just going to go be with you today. You do the rest. You'll find that that really helps you. And then, then here's... here's one other thought is that spiritual disciplines strengthen us to face any life challenge that you will face. And I've always, again, I don't, I don't like this thought, but I think it's so true, is that we'll never understand his greatest strengths until you realize your greatest weaknesses. It's usually when you're weak that you really begin to understand just how strong he really is if you're willing to give him everything. All that in mind, I want to go back to Paul. I want to go back to him sitting in prison, and I want to look at some thoughts that I want to leave with you today. They're, they're, they're these declarations. You're going to read them with me. Every scripture that I read to you are scriptures or words that he wrote while sitting in prison. All of these scriptures come out of Philippians, and I want you to hear them and apply them to your life today. And I believe that if we can apply these principles to our lives, we can leave here stronger than when we came in. So here's the first one. I want you, I want you to read these with me. And again, I just, I just wanna, want you to interact with me. The first one, I want you to read it from the top. Would you read it? Come on. I will live strong because I know God is for me. That's a powerful thought. You have to recognize Paul knew he was in prison. He saw his circumstances, but he knew, despite his circumstance, God was with him. Didn't leave him. It wasn't like he was out trying to figure out some other issue on the other side of the planet. God was actually with him, and he knew that. Listen to what he says, and I'm going to take you back a couple chapters. Philippians 1, 6 says this, and I am sure of this. This is like most definitely I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. I am sure of this, that he, speaking of God, who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. The same God that saved you, that helped you through your last trial will help you through this trial. 
The same God that was with you and did a miracle in your life five years ago will be the same God that will be with you today and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year. That We've got to come to that place where we realize he's with me. When we pray, instead of praying, oh God, please come and you got to help me, he's already with you. You don't have to pray for him to show up. He lives in you. He's already with you. He says that, that God will strengthen you, that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens in me. And you see hundreds of times throughout all of the epistles, he talks about Christ being in you or you being in Christ. He's already there. He's with you at all times. Can I hear an amen? Here's the second statement. Read it with me. Come on. I will live strong in the power of God's might and strength. These are, these are declarations that we need to, as you face your challenge, you've got to look at it and say, no, I'm going to live in his power, in his might, in his strength. Listen, what's your other option? Paul's in prison when he's writing this. He's going, I don't have a lot of other options here. I'm kind of chained. I'm in a, in a cell. I'm not going anywhere. So how about just trusting in God on this one? I, I, you know, I, I might be just a little uh, more thick-skulled than you, or maybe I'm just a little bit dumber, you know, IRA, high school dropout. But why is it that we worry or be filled with fear for so long before we finally say, okay, God, I give up, it's yours. It's like losing your car keys, you know, and you look for about an hour, you're about ready to pull your hair out, and finally your wife says, did you pray about it? Right, and you're just gonna... It's like, when are we gonna engage God and just in his power and his might and his strength and stand in that to be able to just... Look at your situation. Listen to what he says. For God is working in you. That's present tense. Right now, he's working in your situation. He's working in your life. He's for you. He's not against you. He's actively engaged. He knows all the details of whatever you're facing. He says, and by the way, want to let you know, I'm in complete control. I've got to figure it out. Here's another one. Read this one with me. I will live strong in my seasons of weakness. Now that was weak. Let's read it again with some some faith. Come on. I will live strong in my seasons of weakness. I mean, when I think about Paul saying, you know, that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, I think, really? He, he writes a chapter before he says this. Finally, brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. Be happy. And I, I think of these scriptures and I think, really rejoice? Weakness? And Paul comes back and he lets us know this thing. And again, we, we, we love quoting chapter 4, verse 13. But if you go back and read in context, verse 11 and 12, listen to what he says right before he says this wonderful verse we like to quote. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, 
For I've learned that whatever situation I'm in, I am to be content. Again, this is before he's, he's giving you this big thought. He's going, whatever I'm facing, because God's in charge, I'm just going to be content. I'm not going to be in a hurry. I'm not going to mope. I'm not going to whine. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to be content. He's with me. He's with me in my weakness. I'm going to simply be content. He says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. And he says, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Read this with me, this next one here, and we're almost done. I will live strong because I'm more than a conqueror. He says that in Romans 8. He says, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, he says that I, I count everything else rubbish, my circumstances, my trials. He gives you this big, long list of all the things going on in his world and life and his accomplishments. He says, I just count them all rubbish that I might what? That I might gain him. He knows that if he just simply gets out of the way and puts Christ in charge, he can conquer anything. Listen, he may not change your situation, but he can definitely change your perspective. I believe that. Last two and we're done. I will live strong with an attitude of yes, I can. Again, what's the other option? It takes the same amount of calories to say yes as it does no. To say I can versus I can't. Again, this isn't some kind of like positive confession message. This is like basic doctrine 101. Paul, you, you make the choice. Rejoice in the Lord and again, I say rejoice. He's in a prison, rejoice. Change, rejoice. Marriage challenge, rejoice. Lost your job, rejoice. Whatever it is, make the choice. Say, you know what, today, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I just simply say, I can. I'll get through this. He's with me. He'll never leave or forsake me. He strengthens me today. I'm encouraged in him today. And lastly, this one last thought. I will live strong, believing I can accomplish great things. Catch this one thought. He writes this book to the Philippians while sitting in jail. See, God may not change my circumstance, but I'm going to make sure I don't waste any moments doing great things for him. It's in prison that he writes these words. Listen, stop waiting for God to do something great in your life. 
Well, may, well may, maybe when this happens. Well, 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 maybe when I just get this one piece in place, then I will. Imagine Paul. Maybe I'll write this, this, this book to the Philippians when I get out. He says, no. Right here, right now, I'm going to be used right in my circumstance to do great things for God. Listen, there, there are seeds of destiny and greatness in every single one of you. He's allowed you to breathe today because he wants you to do something great today. Can we just believe that for ourselves? And I finish where I began. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Come on, if you're here, every eye open, every head up, you came in here discouraged, dry, struggling, stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you. Just say, you know what, today I'm leaving, I'm leaving with a fresh impartation of his strength. Every eye open, every head up. You're saying, I just need you to just take, just take a second and to pray for me. Let's believe God right here, right now. Maybe you're saying, well, I'm too weak to stand. Stand anyways. Well, I don't know if I should. Stand anyways. Listen, no one's going to bite you. Just say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a, a stand today. God, God, I need you today. I need you to show up today. I need an impartation today. Thank you. Anyone else? It's awesome. Put your hands on your heart. And let's just believe right now. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. Lord, that gives us hope. Lord, we know that the enemy comes in like a flood. But Lord, we know that the Lord, Lord, you raise a standard against him. And Father, despite our circumstances, Father, we stand today saying, God, we're in desperate need of you. Lord, I pray right now for every person that's standing today, whatever their situation is, God, wherever they're feeling pressure or whatever they're struggling with, Lord, I pray that you just bind the emotion, the thought, the pressure, the struggle, the emotion. And Lord, that you would release, Father, your promises, your truth, by the power of the Holy Spirit to touch their lives. God, I believe, God, that today is a day of divine reversal. God, you move, Lord, in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. God, we thank you, Lord. Come on, would you just sing with me this song?